1: Welcome to the Bone Yard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host Steve Robertson. Hoping you have a magnificent Monday today. Man, it's a great yard for sure. It's a great day. It's a great time. Man, it just feels so good to win, especially when you weren't expecting to win. I was hoping we would win, but I didn't expect us to win. It's part of the deal, man. That's why we play the games. It's one of those Thanks, too, man. I get so kind of been out of shape sometimes. And I listen, people say, well, you know, Steve, you shouldn't let it bother you. But I do. There are so many people that are so incredibly invested in their narrative that Mississippi State shouldn't be good at sports. But we are good at sports. And it turns out we're probably better at football than we anticipated to be this year. And so now that we've won, and we've beaten OSU, now people are like, well, you know, OSU's not any good. LSU lost all these starters. You know what? We did two. We did two. But the bottom line is we went down to Tiger Stadium and we beat LSU in a game that we didn't play very well. We played pretty well. We didn't play our best. We didn't play clean. We had four turnovers, barely ran the football, but we still won the ball game by double digits at a place that we've won twice this century. It's, well, you know, look, we've dominated the series. Well, you didn't dominate Saturday night. You didn't dominate Saturday. I mean, you're sitting there hanging a banner, and you're, uh, you know, having the big celebration and everything about, uh, you know, winning a national championship, and you're certainly uh, deserving of that title. But this is a new year. There's a new sheriff in town. His name is Mike Leach. Perhaps you've heard of him. And there's so many people now that say, well, you know, there's no way Mike Leach's offensive work in the SEC, even though it already has worked in the SEC, in Kentucky with uh, Tim Couch and Hal Mummy. People forget Mike Leach was the OC on that staff. What kind of really kind of, I guess, catapulted him into the head coaching ranks. So what he did at Kentucky. You don't think he's had some innovation since then? Very touching moment in the locker room when they handed Coach Mike Leach the, uh, the football, the game football, for his first career win at Mississippi State. And how fitting was it? It wasn't over in you know, Louisiana Monroe. It wasn't over Louisiana College. It wasn't over the Louisiana School of Math and Science. It wasn't over Xavier. It was over the LSU Tigers, a team that has had our number. Even when we have been great, they have found a way to beat us. There were so many times in that ball game. I thought, you know, well, here here comes that old Louisiana voodoo. They'll get us. They didn't. And a lot of it had to do with the mindset instilled by Mike Leach and the fact that K.J. Costello was a bona fide star. Before we get into all of that, I want to do a quick review of some NFL stuff because it's going to be, we're going to talk a lot of SEC football today. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about, uh, you know, about the NFL. Uh, really disappointed in uh, the Dallas Cowboys front office, as many of you are as well. The uh, the Cowboys did not address their most glaring needs. Well, number one, they didn't get Dak Prescott inked to a long-term deal, and uh, that's going to end up costing them millions more because of the fact that Dak Prescott is having the best year of his career. Back-to-back 400-yard games, what do you think, for 472 yesterday in a loss? Because Dallas simply can't stop anybody. They just simply cannot stop anybody. It's crazy to think about what could be if they were just decent on defense. They're not. And they lose 38-31 on the road at Seattle. K.J. Wright and his team pick up a big win there. Uh, and listen, K.J. Wright, been around a long time, man. Guy's playing a great brand of football these days. And, you know, he's never been the star, you know, and he, and he never will be but he is a very reliable and solid contributor to one of the NFL's top franchises. Darius Slay and his group, Fletcher Cox found a way to do some good things over the weekend. Let's see if we can't run these down real, real quickly, real quickly. We're, real, we're not going to spend a time on this. Um, let's see if I can find all this goodness running through here. I'll just run down the scores for you. Montez sweat and, uh, the, the Washington football team lose to the Browns, 34-20. Jonathan Abram with his first NFL pick for the Raiders. They lose to the Patriots, 36-20. Uh, Joe Judge and the Giants really struggling, man, really, really struggling. They lose 36-9 to the 49ers at uh, New York. BMAC and the Texans are really struggling. They're 0-3 now. They lose 28-21 to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is uh, the most prestigious professional sports franchise in the history of American sport. Uh, L.A. Rams lose to the Bills. Bills, surprising, 3-0, 35-32 over the Rams, and the Rams are a good team. Jeff Simmons and the Tennessee Titans stay undefeated, 31-30 winners over Cam Dantzler and the Minnesota Vikings. The Eagles get a tie yesterday And Fletcher Cox against the Bengals, 23-23. Joe Burrow did not have a big day. The Bears, surprisingly, 3-0 with a 30-26 win over the Falcons who without Julio Jones yesterday. Carolina Panthers now 1-2, get their first win, 21-16 over the Chargers. Jets 0-3. the Nico Autry and the Colts, Rod Green, 2-1 now. 36-7 winners over the Jets in Indianapolis. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 28-10 winners over the Denver Broncos. Broncos now 0-3. That, uh, that franchise certainly heading in the wrong direction. The Detroit Lions get their first win, 26-23 winners over the Arizona Cardinals. Dallas Cowboys, as we mentioned, now 1-2, 38-31 losers. And then the Packers, Elton Jenkins, Will Redmond, the crew up there, 37-30 winners over the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are not good. The Saints are just kind of above average. I think Green Bay has a chance to be a lead. And tonight we'll see Tyree Phillips and the Baltimore Ravens host the Kansas City Chiefs. We've got a host of Bulldogs there. Of course, Willie Gay, Martinez Rankin. Uh, Braxton Hoyad. So if you're looking for, uh, for a game to watch tonight, I, I know some people said that Baltimore is uh, expected to win this game. This could be an offensive showing that uh, you don't want to miss. I know many of you are uh, still having some, uh, some angst about professional sports, and that's okay. That's your business. You do what you want to do. Uh, I plan to watch the ball game. But uh, let's talk about Mississippi State. Before we do, let me remind you, Bulldog Burger Company, one of the best places in, in all, of, all of Mississippi, to go have a great meal with your family. You can have an adult beverage, you can have a chocolate shake to go, but one of the things, no matter how you frame it up, whether you get you you know, whether you get a good drink or whether you don't, or whether you just get a regular beverage, uh, you're gonna have a quality meal. And you're gonna have to have the spring rolls to kind of get that thing started. You, you, people think I'm joking and then all of a sudden they go and say, Steve, I tried the spring rolls. You're right, they're fantastic. Mike Nemeth, when Mike and I go up there, Mike gets the spring rolls as an entree and a side of french fries. And that's a lot of carbs for a man on the prowl, you know, but uh, be that as it may, those spring rolls, uh, they'll they'll cure what ails you. And go find your own favorites. There's so many great burgers to choose from, and if you're not sure what to order, let me go ahead and tell you what to do. Just go ahead and get started with the Bulldog, okay? Great, straight ahead, American rock and roll hamburger. But if you've already had that, maybe you're ready to expand the repertoire a little bit. Maybe you get the Smokehouse, but you get the Pimentology, add bacon. Maybe you go get, uh, you know, the uh, the, the veggie burger if you want, if you're a little bit uh, health conscious there. Uh, There are a lot of options to choose from. You're going to like them all. Bulldog Burger Company now with two locations to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark, Vegas, and on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. I have had some people tell me, hey, Steve, you know what? When I'm headed down to the Arkansas game this weekend, I'm going to stop in Tupelo on the way down to enjoy Bulldog Burger Company on my way to Because that because yeah, I know what's going to happen. It's going to be busy in the Cotton District, and so I still want to enjoy Bulldog Burger Company. And so maybe that's an option to choose from. But, you know, I'll tell you what, they're going to be happy to take care of you no matter where you are. Again, Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in and now uh, Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. I know this is a minor thing to many people. But I kind of grinned a little bit when we won the toss. The first game of the Mike Leach era, we win the toss. And, we, and if, you, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw that uh, they were playing Elijah McAbee's walkout song in pregame. And I kind of took a video and tweeted it out and said, oh, it's a good sign for Mississippi State. Of course, it, it, it means nothing in the end. But uh, I'm a firm believer in good things. And uh, that was kind of funny to me. But we win the toss. And I felt Mike made the right decision. Let's go on offense first. Let's put our best unit on the field first, especially since we knew we had some some concerns on defense. Maybe maybe a little bit unjustly, to be honest with you. I thought defense played exceptionally well, but um, be that as it may, uh, we get the ball first and get ready to go. And uh, the trivia question: the the recipient of the first Mike Leach pass, Mississippi State Austin Williams. And I like how we're using him. He is a sure-handed guy that'll make the contested catch. Work him underneath, have him run those comeback routes, have him run uh, you know, the button, whatever, whatever you want to do, the button hook out there. This is a guy that can shield guys off, big strong physical guy, and make the tough catch. He did multiple times. We take a shot to Terrell Shavers, it's not there. And then Jacoby Stevens comes on a late blitz. And I thought Polini and then really kind of disguised this well. If you go back and watch the game on many minute, you probably already have Colin Hill kind of motions to KJ, there's an outside rusher coming up late. And so Kylan kind of redirects his efforts to go slow that guy down. And then Jacoby Stevens comes right through the middle and gets KJ Costello. And a lot of Bulldog fans at that point were thinking, oh, boy, here we go. Here we go. And I get it. I understand it. But it was really one of those deals, too. You know, Mike Leach is one of those coaches that uh, just doesn't go three and out. One of the only ones of the day. Uh, LSU, of course, gets the ball. Miles Brennan comes in at quarterback. Thought we did a really good job, kind of harassing him. They try to get the run going early. Chris Curry goes for two, and then they're complete to Terrence Marshall, and they get a first down. Curry then goes for seven. That was kind of the concern we talked about: is what it can LSU run the football, and can we stop it? London Craft, with the tackle there, I thought London Craft played well. He wasn't a difference maker, but he also wasn't a liability. That's one of those things a lot of people were concerned about. Man, meant Steve was starting a walk-on. It's so funny, too. There's so many people on our side that are so enamored with walk-ons. It's like, oh, this walk on's going to get value. And this guy is going to play. And they don't. And then we have a guy here nobody's talking about. It, ends up earning a starting position. And he goes there and does a good job for us. Uh, Brennan incomplete to uh, Eric Gilbert. And then, uh, then Miles Brennan gets outside. And, and Marquis Spencer flushes him out. And then uh, he tries to run for it which uh, was kind of humorous. But then Aaron Brule comes up and just absolutely crushes him. And I thought that was a big tone setter for the game. Uh, a little bit later on their next possession, it kind of repeated itself. But Brule didn't have to make the hit because Brennan knew better. So we go out and we, we put our first sustained drive together. we are complete the and I thought it was good to kind of get him a touch like that, kind of working outside in the flats and kind of make those LSU linebackers uh, have to defend the width of the field, not just play in a phone booth. Uh, we're, then we're incomplete to Cowan. Jaquavius marks his first college touch. He goes for 11 yards. Really showed some nice burst on the play. Todd Harris runs him out, for Mississippi State recruit. Probably should have done better coming to Mississippi State. I don't think he's going to play extensively there unless they just absolutely have to have him. Then we're complete to Peyton underneath for three. Then we get Osiris on second, seven for 22. Uh, we really tore him up with those crossing routes, and I thought Osiris is one of those guys, too. They had LSU is supposed to be DBU. They've got a roster full of defensive backs that everybody wanted. Mississippi State has a roster full of wide receivers that nobody wanted. And Mississippi State looked to be the best personnel group out there on Saturday. I thought Osiris was huge. KJ's incomplete to Austin Williams for two. We're incomplete to Osiris. Then we go right back on third and 13, back to Osiris. An absolutely beautiful throw. Good catch and run for Osiris. Uh, we're rolling. Colin Hill rushes for four just to kind of keep him honest. us. Uh, K.J.'s complete to Dylan Johnson, his first college touch. Kind of to get those guys going. We're already down to the 11. And then we get sacked again. And uh, to be honest with you, and, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't believe that I am, but maybe I'm wrong. But I remember a time, a ball game against BYU back in 2016, where Will Coleman came free on a, on a blitz, and he, he made contact with a quarterback's helmet. He just brushed his helmet on a possession play that gave BYU a new life and ultimately led them in winning the football game. And the rule was any contact to the quarterback's helmet when he is in the pocket is a personal foul. Well, KJ Costello gets tackled by the helmet. They initially threw a flag for face mask and picked it up. Uh, maybe I don't understand the rule. Maybe one of you guys will correct me. But tackling by the headgear on the quarterback is supposed to be a 15 yard penalty. Be that as it may, Mississippi State kicks field goal takes an early 3-0 lead. That was huge just to get points on the board there. Brandon Ruiz uh, kicks the first of three field goals and uh, really kind of an unsung hero for the Bulldogs was Brandon Ruiz. And you almost take it for granted. There was a time at Mississippi State that we always held our breath any time that a field goal kicker took the field. Jace Christmas kind of spoiled us a little bit, but Brandon Ruiz, great in his Bulldog debut. LSU comes right back out, complete the Terrace Marshall, I think he is a great player. I I did think he struggled to get separation against the Mississippi State secondary, which kind of surprised me. Uh, But, yeah, I think he is the best they have. Uh, Davis Price rushes for three, and I think they need to utilize him a whole lot more. Miles Vernon, then incomplete, incomplete to racing math on the next play. And then Van Rosenberg, it's a 49-yard punt. I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, Van Rosenberg for LSU averaged nearly 50 yards a punt. I thought he was a difference maker. Might have been their best player. State gets the ball back, and this is where I thought we had a chance to kind of take control of the game early, and we kind of missed on the opportunity there. Colin here goes for three. Then we're complete. Um, we're complete to Johnson for a loss of three yards. That's Dollar Bill Johnson. And here's the bigger thing with that play. If Dollar Bill Johnson doesn't catch that, it's probably kicked. Ball was batted up in the air. LSU guy settles under it, and they're trying to uh, make a big, you know tempo-changing play, and Dollar Bill gets it, and it makes it uh, third and ten. But if he didn't make that catch or at least bat the ball down, LSU is set up in the red zone right out of the gate. I thought that was a play that many people kind of overlooked. We kind of laugh when an offensive lineman catches the football, but how about him having you know the presence of mind to go make a play there for Mississippi State? Probably lost in translation a little bit. Then LSU's offsides. Collin goes for three, and then we punt. we got a delay of the game, penalty on the punt. On our end of the field, which is unexcusable. I mean, it's a completely unnecessary. That that's one of those things. I guess is kind of a first, uh, you know, kind of a first game type deal. But that that can't happen. That can't happen. I thought Tucker Day had had a couple of nice punts. That first one was an absolute boomer. Uh, and then LSU closes out the quarter with Miles Brennan going for a yard. Ty Weed with a big stop there. I thought Ty Wheat was a monster, a guy that hadn't had a lot of press in the preseason. Go there there does a great job. And then they, they check it down to John Irwin for five yards out to midfield. size Spurge and his uh, Mississippi State starting debut makes a tackle there. So we get to the first quarter and it's 3-0 State. And it felt like it should have been worse. It felt like we were playing them much better. I believe that the big takeaway after the first quarter was the Bulldog defense. You're thinking, you know, we're out here in this kid's head and we're running around making plays and we're quick to the football and we're tackling in packs. But the first quarter, it just kind of felt like, okay, we have a lead, but we know at some point they're going to score, and we should probably be up more in this ball game. So we get to the second quarter. Ty Wheat comes free on third and four and sacks Miles Brennan. That's your first sack of the year right there at Mississippi State. Ty Wheat from meet Louisiana. You know, that was a big play for him. And then Von Rosenberg, 50-yard punt, and uh, we set up shop again. And this is when it seemed like we had some big things going. This this was a drive. I thought, okay, Mike Leach has kind of figured out how LSU wants to defense us, and KJ starts picking them apart. This is again, we kind of letting them hang around here. But on this drive, we go to Cam Gardner from Stargill High School for 11. Well, and this is and this is the one too. You remember when Austin Williams filled the ball at the five? That's a mistake. And people say, well, why is he out there? He's sure-handed. He got a football IQ. Kind of had a little bit of a dumb front roll in there. You can't fill the ball inside the five. You go to to then carry the end zone. But instead of us panicking and just kind of playing conservative, we run our offense. And, again, complete the Cam Gardner for 11. We're out to the 16. We hit Javante Payton on a 50-50 ball where he undercuts the DB and elevates 27 yards there. We're already out to the 43. And complete the Cowan. K.J. sacked for a 10-yard loss. And that's what they call the intentional grounding. Uh, and it was grounding. And for the most part, I thought it was a pretty well-officiated game outside of that, that whole deal with the helmet with K.J., I can't say there were a lot of plays that I disagreed with. Let them play for the most part. There was a a pass interference on LSU and a couple of holds that didn't get called. But I thought it was called pretty evenly, and I'm a guy to choose pretty pretty hard on the officials. I thought they did a good job in a big ball game. So third and 20, and you're thinking, okay, we're fixing that to punt. Let's just let's run the draw and kind of get out of here. Nope, not Mike Leach. K.J. throws an absolute dime at the middle of the field. Cam Gardner catches it over outstretched hands for 24 yards, down to the LSU 43. It's first thing you're thinking, okay, we're fixing to go in and score. And worst case scenario, we're going to flip the field and win the battle of field position. Then we're incomplete to Javante Payton, who dropped the ball, one of the few drops we had on the day. But that was a big one uh, outside the numbers uh, on the state sideline. If you make that catch, I think you cash in here. Then we run for five, and it's third and five. And then you're thinking, okay, we're at the LSU 38, probably two down territory here. And then Cole Smith snaps the ball off of KJ's face mask. Some miscommunication there. And listen, Cole had some errant snaps early on. They weren't awful, but they were off target. He got better as the game went along. I know it's unnerving because you think, okay, that's the most basic kind of football. And it is. But remember, this is Cole Smith starting for the first time in Baton Rouge, the school he transferred from. It's, you'd expect the kid to have little butterflies, not to mention the fact that, uh, you know, he didn't have a lot of experience playing center in the SEC. But he figured it out. And listen, I, I thought when the first time it happened, K.J. went and got on him a little bit, and the next thing you know, they, they kind of figure some things out. This was a big moment in the ballgame, and it's one of those things, it's almost like, uh, I don't know which Bulldog fan uh, went in that voodoo shop on Bourbon Street and touched that statue, just got the sign up It says, don't touch the statue or you'll be cursed or whatever. One of you guys went and touched that statue, Uh, And and that was kind of evidence of that when this thing happened. It was just one of those moments you think, really, we're driving. We've overcome bad field position. We were in the shadow of our own goalposts, and we've worked it down the field, and then we had this self-inflicted wound. Not the last one. Not the last one. So they don't charge uh, KJ with a fumble. That's really on Cole Smith, but uh, it goes down as a team deal. And so LSU can't take advantage, though. Again, the state defense – Playing exceptionally well. Brennan incomplete Terrence Marshall drop pass. So it wasn't just us. Chris Curry runs for three. LSU a false start penalty. How many times has it been us until all the end of that? When it's a third manageable, next thing you know, uh, we have a pre-snap penalty. And then it's them third and seven. Makes it third and 12, pardon me. And then they're incomplete to race the race of the map. They punt 53 yards down to the stake nine. And that's one of the ones we decided to let go. So once again, we're backed up. In the shadow of our own goalposts, as they say, we're incomplete. To Cowan should have been pass interference. Should have been pass interference. You can't face guard in college football. We're trying to swing the ball out there in the flats. The guy's beat on the play. He knows it. He never turns around, and looks for the football. He just puts his hands up and face guards Kyle and Hill. There's no flag there. Should have been. Then we're incomplete to Tyrell Shavers, and then we throw the pick six. And uh, listen, I give him credit. The ball was late, but Jabril Cox jumped the route. Man, a great player for LSU. It seems like they always find these guys that can transfer in and play good football. And, and that was the thing that just seemed so unfortunate is, you know, under 10 minutes to go in the game, the Mississippi State defense is essentially dominated. And I think we had about 170 yards of offense at the time. LSU barely had anything, and you're losing the football game. It's like we have played better, but we have made two huge mistakes. we weathered the storm with one of them, and then we gift them a touchdown. It didn't feel like the same old Mississippi State-LSU thing, but when that moment happened, you're like, it's so unfortunate because we played so well, and they have played so poorly, and they're winning. So we get the the ball back, uh, another touchback. And listen, I give LSU special teams credit. They did a great job. They really did. Mississippi State did as well. I I wouldn't say they won the battle, but uh, I was impressed with Brandon Ruiz uh, and Tucker Day had that big punt, but uh, LSU – very sound in the kicking game. So we come right back out, and you know K.J. had a sense of urgency. Comes out, does a good job. We're complete to Osiris for eight, and we go to Kylan for two and a first down. And then we hit Osiris for another big, you know, 50-50 ball. We throw it outside the numbers and let our big guy go get it, 34 yards to the LSU 31. Incomplete to Osiris, incomplete to Malik Heath. And then we're complete to Tyrell Shavers for 31 and a touchdown. When it was third and 10 at the LSU 31, I think all of us said, okay, we're going to probably end up kicking a field goal here. And rather than playing for the field goal, we play for the big money. We make a big throw and a big catch. Terrell Shavers, his first touchdown collegiately. One of those things that we talked about when State signed him is State needed wide receivers. This is a guy that had gotten buried on the depth chart at Alabama, and he comes here, and there's a lot of opportunity, and he ends up being the starter. He looks good out there running around in a uniform. We're in at number nine. I tell you, that is a big, long, physical target. And at that point, it made me feel like, okay, we're here to play. We're not play, playing conservative. We're not calling conservative. We're here to win. We're not just here to play it close. We're here to win. And that's what Mike Leach does. And even when Dan Mullen was here, we all know this. So I'm going to get into some Dan Mullen stuff later in the show. Dan played it kind of close to the vest Sometimes Dan didn't always call plays aggressively. Sometimes we played not to lose and ended up losing the ball game, much like in 2017 against Alabama. But Mike goes down there and it's like, you know what? We're not going to beat the defending national champions just by kicking field goals. We got to put the ball in end zone. And then we do. There was a lot of uh, artificial noise down there. You know, I guess it was real noise, but it was artificial crowd noise and, uh, Eventually they decided to kind of give that a break. It was a complete joke. I mean, there were a lot of LSU people sitting on their hands, and then all of a sudden you hear this ridiculous nonsense over the uh, over the PA. But be that as it may, Mississippi State has a lead ten, 10 to seven. Just under eight minutes to go in the half. Miles Brennan's completed Dre Jenkins for seven. I like Dre Jenkins. I think he's gonna be a big time player at LSU. Uh, Davis Price goes for four. They're incomplete to Palmer and then complete to uh, Eric Gilbert, who I thought was supposed to be the second coming of Kellen Winslow, he is a good player, but uh, a little bit overhyped at this point. He will develop. I think LSU people are, are bestowing some expectations on him that are probably unfair to him. Big completion of DeRay Jenkins for 47. Fred Peters makes a play. Then Davis rushes for six. Davis Price goes for two. And then they had the Duck and Chuck play, where State overloads the left side. They're all on Vernon's face. and he he just throws it up for grabs. Turns out there's two Tiger receivers there. Fred Peters is trying to play the ball against both. Gilbert pulls it down, and all of a sudden it's 14-10. But it felt so fluky. You know what I'm saying? It's like State had gone out and put together some sustained drives. LSU gets a pick six and then kind of a luck play there. The truth of the matter is it probably should have been 21-3 at this point. Probably should have been 21-3. But it wasn't. It is what it is. LSU takes the lead. And uh, we had an opportunity there to feel so sorry for ourselves, but we didn't. Rather than pout and say, "Oh, poor old Mississippi State," we get the ball ball back and uh, decide that we want to play a little football. And uh, that's the bigger part of this thing: is deciding, you know, what this thing isn't over. And this is what separates good teams from great teams: is you answer, you answer adversity with some production. So, Colin Hill goes for twelve. Then we're complete to Austin Williams for eight. We do have a drop from from Osiris. We end up calling timeout with the clock winding down on third and two. Then we hit Javante Payton for 13. We're all the way – now we're in LSU territory. We get a false start. We're complete to Colin for four and complete to Malik Heath. Uh, Allie Gay, I thought, was a beast for LSU. Juco transfer number 11 looks like looks the part for sure. And then KJ hits Osiris Mitchell, who runs up the far sideline, 43 yards for a touchdown. I didn't know that he had that burst in him. And I think it's a byproduct of all the condition that we've done. It's 17-14 State, and it just felt like, you know what, LSU realized this isn't the same old Mississippi State. It's not. LSU gets the ball back with plenty of time to go down and try to tie it up there. They're incomplete to Gilbert, incomplete to Embry, and then Brennan throws the ball away, and they punt. So another three and out. One of the best things about Could team defense is when your team scores, you get them the ball back. And I thought we had a chance to go down and put the ball in the end zone again, or at least get a field goal. Didn't quite pull that out. We're incomplete to Heath. Complete to Kylan for 21, and we're already out to midfield. There was still plenty of time left. You think, okay, we can push down here and do something. We're complete to Heath for one yard. Got to get him more involved against Arkansas. Incomplete to Marks. Incomplete to uh, Jaden Wally. He had it. Jay Ward from LSU rakes it out. Listen. That's a freshman out there making a big possession play for us. And you give Ward credit for making a play there. You could have called P.I. there, but I thought that's I would not call that. I think it's just letting those guys play a little bit. We end up having a punt. We bring in the pooch punter, Reed Bowman, 39 at LSU 11, with a minute and three to go, and they really got nothing going there. Brennan's complete to Gilbert for 14. Then they rush for four They complete the Butte for six. Uh, they're out to the LSU 35, and then next thing you know, we bring in the we bring in Marquis Spencer who had a huge game, sack for eight yards. They call timeout with 12 seconds left, which was a waste of everybody's time. Just let the clock run out. If you're not going to go tr- go for it, just let the clock run. Emory goes for 10 yards, to LSU 37, and then that's the end of the half. And so at the half, it's 17-14, and I think we all felt, you know what, we're fortunate to be ahead. But we should be ahead further. We absolutely outplayed them and uh, talked with some guys in the, uh, in the press box. And I said, you know, Mississippi State should be farther ahead in this game. I had a couple people say, one person in particular, I won't name them. They said, uh, LSU can't play any worse than they did. I said, you kidding me? State throws a pick six and then ends up their own drive on, on a self inflicted error. State has let LSU hang around in this ball game. I get a little tired of the whole Waiting for the other shoe to drop, like Mississippi State somehow is lucky. State wasn't lucky to have the lead at, at, at halftime. State LSU, pardon me, LSU was lucky. The game, the margin wasn't greater. You and I both know, at his core, at Run is a physical football coach. This is a guy that wants to go out there, run the football, exert their will, and so you knew they were going to come out and try to establish the run in the second half. They tried to. And I felt like – I made the comment to Ben Portnoy. If State can survive this first drive of the second half and then go down and score, I think they'll win the game. And little did I know that uh, there was so much football left to be played because there were a lot of plays that made the ball game. But LSU comes out and pretty much does what we expect them to do. They do hit uh, Kirkland for 12 yards, and then they really committed to the run. Curry for nine, Curry for six, Curry for four. And that's when Martin Emerson went down. They're already out to midfield. And I began thinking, if we don't have Martin Emerson the rest of this game, we could be in trouble. Complete to Jenkins for five. Curry runs for two. And then they hit Jenkins again for 20. They're already in the red zone. Incomplete to Gilbert. Complete to Palmer for three. Complete to Jenkins again uh, for six. They end up having to kick the field goal. I thought this was a win for the defense. Even though we gave up points, the fact that they got down there and we hold and – they end up kicking a field goal. And, and, and here's the, the better the better part of this. Is they go it four on fourth and one. They get the first down, down to the state two. And I think most people said, okay, well, they're going to go ahead and punch it in here. Didn't happen. The Bulldog defense bows up. No gain on first and goal. No gain on second goal. And then Errol Thompson comes free for a sack of six yards on third down. Then they kick a the field goal. To me, that was when the Bulldog defense kind of let them know, this isn't the same old Mississippi State thing. I don't know what you've heard, but uh, we're here to play football on defense too. And, again, it's good to see when you can be backed up, the defense play with some passion and, some, and produce some uh, big plays there. So now it's a tie game, and you think, okay, all right, LSU will go ahead and find a way. We come out, Marks runs for three. We're complete to Payton for 33 yards. So we're trying to score we're not just trying to keep it close and hope that LSU gives us the ball game. It's a different mentality. We're incomplete to Marks, incomplete to Peyton. But on third and 10, what do we do? We hit Payton again for 34 yards. And then he runs down to the LSU five. At that point, you kind of realize, you know what? This is going to be a good old-fashioned SEC slugfest. And State has more than a puncher's chance. We're not just trying to get lucky. We're trying to go on a football game here. Uh, so Marks runs for one to the four. Costello complete to Marks for a loss of two. And then we're incomplete. We kick the field goal. Brendan the second field goal today. Now we're State's up 20 to 17, you felt like we probably should have cashed in there. And that's one thing I'll say about the air raid. Sometimes you have a tendency to get a little bogged down in the red zone. Mike needs the full length of the field when things get packed in down there. And everybody struggles a little bit in the red zone. But uh, be that as it may, we, uh, we take a lead there. All right, so OSU comes back. Davis Price for seven, and again for three. It's a first down. Incomplete to Butte, then complete to Race for Math for 28. They're already down to the 37. You think, okay, we're in a little trouble here. Sean Preston with a big lick there. Sean Preston led Mississippi State with 11 tackles as a reserve. Crazy. Vernon complete to Terrence Marshall for 37 yards, a touchdown. And uh, they beat us a couple times on the post. There were a couple times they beat us. Jenkins beat us once. Marshall beat us once. That's something that, uh, you know, sometimes we're going to vacate the middle of the field and our safeties are going to have to play uh, and be able to get there and and, uh, defend that pass because sometimes we're going to bring those guys in the box. So now all of a sudden it's 24-20 LSU, and I think everybody in the building said, you know what, the scoring's not over. It didn't take long for State to respond. KJ completed Colin Hill, who breaks a tackle and goes 75 yards, and the best part of that play, other than a touchdown, is Colin Hill breaking into the open field and running away from people. That was one of the things that he struggled with last year, and a lot of it's because he was banged up and hurt. You know, we used him so much. and how many times did he deal with that groin issue? He's clearly helping and clearly he's had a great camp because once he made the guy miss, it was church. He outran everybody in the end zone, did a tremendous job with it, and I think that's one of the bigger parts of it is that, you know, this offense is going to keep Colin Hill fresher. Instead of him getting 25, 30 tackles a game, having to be tackled to the ground, this is a guy that's going to be able to produce big time and uh, not have that same wear and tear and will likely be fresher later in the year. So now it's 27-24 Bulldogs. LSU comes back, Emory goes for four, they're complete to Cooley Moore for five, brings up a third and one, Emory rushes for two, Emory goes again for two, Miles Brennan is flushed and goes for three, then they're complete to Terrence Marshall for five, that's the one they actually uh, reviewed, and it looked like, it, even in real time, it looked like Marshall made it, but, uh, but he did, he made it, they get the first down, Davis goes for seven, and you feel like, okay, they're already across the 50, State needs a play, Emory goes for two, Emory goes for four, to get gets the first down. And then then something crazy happened. And when I first saw Miles Brennan back up the pass, and I saw Racing Math wide open, I thought, oh, oh my gosh, how do we have this bust? And then Jordan Davis hits Brennan's arm, and Asaj Ferds picks it off. I would still like to know what Ferds saw on the play. But it was an incredible turn of events. Now State has the ball and the lead, we close out the third quarter with the ball. KJ Costello complete to Javante Payton, already out to the LSU 44. We're incomplete to Osiris. We get a false start and then come right back 26 yards to Kylan for a first down to the LSU 23. That closes out the quarter. And at this point, you're thinking, okay, State has a chance to go up two scores here late in the fourth quarter. Can we do it? But the fourth quarter is in route. sometimes you're a little bit uh, eventful, shall we say. Sometimes Mississippi State has not brought their best effort in the fourth quarter, and that's one of the things that I think good coaching changes. Good coaching makes teams hungrier, makes them understand that strength and conditioning matters. This is where midnight maneuvers shows up. This is where the commitment from Tyson Brown and his staff show up, right here in the fourth quarter, because in this fourth quarter, the LSU defense was absolutely gassed, and State took full advantage. All right, so here we go. KJ complete to Austin Williams for 13, down to the LSU 10, and complete to Kylan, but there is a pass interference penalty called, and uh, I know Gary Daniels and him said, well, it was just an accident. That doesn't matter. It was still PI. Complete to Austin Williams for touchdown, An absolutely perfectly thrown ball, a perfect route for Austin Williams. The ball placement was perfect because the only guy that was going to catch it was Austin Williams. Because Austin Williams had beaten the, the the DB off the line, and that's the one thing, the biggest takeaway for me with the receivers is the releases. Tyrell Shavers beats bump and run coverage. Osiris Mitchell does. Austin Williams does. The LSU DBs tried to intimidate our guys. They made them look silly, and they're running wide open and free in the secondary. This was a perfect throw from KJ, and it's 34-24, and I think the Bulldog fans were starting to feel it. I was one of them. I thought, okay, we're up. We're up ten. Fourth quarter, there's still plenty of time left, but you know at some point we're going to get the ball back too. I didn't know we were going to end up giving it to them a couple times uh, when it was our turn. So here's one of those moments too where I really felt like we were we were in great shape. You know Curry rushes for 12. You get a tackle from Don Lawrence and Jack Harris, a couple redshirt freshmen that nobody's talked much about. Incomplete to Jenkins. Incomplete to Gilbert Ty Weed on the defense there, and then Miles Burnham sacked for a six yard loss. Pickering and Kobe Jones. On a huge third down play, and then Rosenberg gets Von Rosenberg gets a 58 yard punt. the MSU 11. But here's the deal: now we're up 10 with the ball, and we can work on that clock a little bit. We didn't run the football much, but uh, the bottom line was is that we were kind of dictating terms. And it's under 13 minutes to go, and you think, okay, even if we don't score, we run a few minutes off here, and we had been pretty successful moving the football. We're complete to Austin Williams for six, and then we had the pick, and 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 this is on KJ. And he'll tell you this is on KJ because we had Javante Payton outside the numbers. If you throw that ball to the sideline, there's a chance that Payton can catch it. If you throw it inside, as we did, it's going to get picked off, and it did. Eli Ricks picks it off. Uh, it's pr- a pretty basic pay- play. I mean, they, they made it seem like that. The, you know, it was you know, some incredible catch. I, was, you know, just one of those things that happens. You have inside coverage, you have inside leverage, and the ball's on the inside. You better pick it off. They did. That is on Costello. As great as his day was, he can and must play better. LSU takes no time. Davis Price rushes for five, then they're complete to the match for seven, complete to Marshall for 33 and a touchdown. And uh, one of the things that, I, that stuck out to me is Terrence Marshall pushing off on the play. This is the guy that's supposed to be an all-SEC caliber player, and uh, a size furge a kid from Clarksville, Mississippi, that uh, had no other power five offers is right there with him. And Terrence Marshall has to push off, but to his credit, he didn't make the catch. And it's, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's 34, 31 and you're thinking, okay, we're okay. We've weathered the storm here. We'll get the ball back. We're good. Let's go put a drive together and get that touchdown back because we know that LSU secondary can't run with our three-star receivers, right? Well, here we go. It took one play. Costello is hit and fumbles, and uh, they recover it. Back-to-back Mississippi State offensive plays ends up without what you have in football. Defense is given the short end of the field again, and uh, we we don't really uh, you know have the success we want. And again, this is one of those moments of trepidation where you start thinking, okay, we're going to blow it, we're going to blow it, we're going to blow it, we're going to blow it. John Emery goes for three incomplete to Jenkins. And then we get Brennan for another sack. Marquis Spencer pushes them back. They kick the field goal. Now it's 34-34. And there were a lot of people I know that said, okay, well, she's going to go ahead and win the game here. But the, here's what happened. This is the benefit of having good leadership and having good culture. Because it's, it's not just Dan Mullen. That's what people forget. There are a lot of people in the national media that are so invested in this whole thing that Mississippi State at some point is going to fall apart. And you know what? I don't know how long all this is going to last. But there is a culture at Mississippi State. And Dan Mullen was instrumental in helping build that culture, but it has continued. And listen, I like Jim Moorhead, but in two years, he really kind of diminished the, um, you know, the the perception of our program. And so a lot of people say, well, that's it. You know, Now it's done. Not even Mike Leach can save them. But there is a culture here that we expect to win. There's a culture here where our players understand, you know what, we're capable of doing these things. Look at what Dak did. Look at what Nick Fitzgerald did. We can do it too. And rather than sit around and feel sorry for ourselves, KJ Costello, who I think we all undervalued, include those in the national media, comes right back and leads Mississippi State down on what could be a season-defining drive. KJ is complete to Collin for 18. We're already out to the 43. Incomplete. They th- ruled it a fumble on the field, and it was awful. It was That was an awful call. Everybody out there saw his arm going forward. And the rule is, as long as the hand isn't empty when it comes forward, it's an incomplete pass. Replay official gets it right. We get the ball back. We complete the Shavers for 37. I thought LSU really, really pouted after that call because they had all the juice and here they were again, going to get turnover for the third consecutive drive. And then we gash them and Shavers goes for 37 down to the red zone. Colin goes for six. Costello was sacked. Uh, it's, it's intentional grounding and, uh, it was the right call. I, I, you know, it's just kind of one of those things is unfortunate and then, uh, incomplete to Peyton, but we put points on the board, the final field goal of the game for Brandon Ruiz, but now it's 37, 34. We've answered the bell. And speaking of answering, how about your Bulldog defense? When it matters most, Zach Arnett's crew turns in another three and out. Brennan completes a giveaway for five, Curry for two, big third down here, and there's an incomplete pass there. They have to punt, and you could feel the air in the stadium begin to change. It just felt like a different place. It felt like a different team. It felt like a different time. We get the ball back, and I think everybody's thinking, okay, we're going to get this thing with six minutes. If we get any points here, we're in great shape, but we need to put this thing in the end zone. And this is where I thought KJ Costello played some of the best football today. the day. When the game was on the line, the star, the big stars shone the brightest. And this is the drive. This is the defining drive right here of the game. Uh, KJ's complete to Collin for five. Then we go to Austin Williams for 14. A good catch and run there. And I love how we're using him. I, I love how we're using Austin Williams. And complete to Osiris. Then we're complete to Osiris for 27. Down to the LSU 25. And I think at this point, LSU got a little desperate. And this is where you could really tell the difference in the strength and conditioning program. This is when you could tell Mississippi State was the fresher team. We touched on that last week on the show. That this is how you grind people out. Osiris Mitchell told me in the postgame game that uh, LSU DBs were telling them how tired they were. And you could tell. You could see in their body language. They, and this is, again, they're trying to stay in the game here. State's trying to deliver the knockout blow. LSU is trying to hold State to a field goal. So everybody's knuckled up here trying to make sure they're giving their best effort. Collin goes for one to the LSU 24. We're incomplete to Peyton. The big third and nine play comes up, and you're thinking, man, if we have to kick a field goal... How heartbreaking would it be to lose by one point after we had been the better team all day today, despite the fact that we've turned the ball over? And then K.J. dials it up and throws a perfect strike to Osiris Mitchell for the touchdown. Again, a great release and a stutter go. Javante Payton was probably more open than Osiris Mitchell. 24 yards for the touchdown, and at that point you you knew. You knew that it was going to take some witch doctor to turn this thing around for LSU. It didn't work out for them. We helped them a little bit. To kind of that last drive, it's 3.39 to go, State's up 10. Uh, Brennan sacked for 10 yards by Aaron Brule, a Louisiana native that was outstanding during the ball game. Brule was huge, huge. And, and I tell you, that, that whole thing with Gary Danielson and them questioning him being injured, number one, disrespectful. Number two, they belabored that point way too long. The guy makes a tackle and gets wrapped up underneath, and he gets up and he, he's grabbing at a ham. And then he goes and gets on the bike and gets loose. That happens all the time. It wasn't some preconceived thing. We had no clue on second down that they were going to try to go tempo on third. I mean, that's, just, that's silly. Miles Brennan, again, sacked for six by Jaden Cromerty back at the LSU Nine. And it's kind of reminiscent of the egg ball where you get back-to-back sacks. You think, okay, this thing is done. They throw it underneath the John Emery for, for 11. And Emmanuel Forbes comes in late and hits, uh, hits the big tight end kind of unnecessary, and that's a freshman mistake. I mean, there's no there's no point in it. That, you know, we, All we did was prolong the game there. How much fun would have been to take the Tiger Stadium? But uh, Miles Brennan then is complete to Terrence Marshall for seven, again for 13, then out to McMath for 15, down to the, the, the MSU 30, complete to Emory for nine. They take a timeout with under a minute to go at this point. State fans are already beginning to celebrate. Marshall for five, down to the MSU 16, then there's a false start, back him up again, Terrence Marshall drops it inside the five. Then they're complete to Gilbert for 10 to the state 11. But the play is called back for a locomotional LSU. And then uh, incomplete to McMath. And finally, interception by Emmanuel Forbes in the end zone. And the ballgame is over. One of those deals, one of those moments I'll never forget. Because this is one of those things. This is a trajectory type win. This changes the perception of your program, this changes the buy in of your players. And we're going to have a lot more to talk about later in the week we begin to look at Arkansas and what's ahead. We'll discuss that on, on, on Wednesday. But man, how great does it feel to win? How great does it feel to win when everybody was kind of thinking, you know what? A lot of Bulldogs are like, man, I, I mean, we got a shot. We got a shot. Oh, she's lost so much. But everybody in the national media, other than a couple of guys, said, oh, you know, Mississippi, that's just Mississippi State. Now they're scrambling today to try to find a way to look right. Let's get into a brief top ten here. Uh, before we do, let's talk my bookie. Uh, listen, my bookie is here, and uh, your winning season is here. And I, listen, I heard from a, a listener, Stephen from Nashville, hit me up and said, "Hey, I used the my bookie option. I played the money line and uh, put hundred bucks on state, and then he won. He won, very first time we would used him, and he wins." He said he's not a big gambler, but said, "You know what? It just seems so much easier and convenient." So you go to mybookie.com. Uh, and you use the promo code Boneyard, and then uh, you'll double your money. You put 100 bucks in to play with, they're going to give you 100 bucks, And so they will double your initial deposit up to $1,000. So you put in $100, you are playing with $200. Uh, your winning season is here. It's been a great year. You can bet uh, NBA playoffs, the finals are here now. You can bet uh, MLB playoffs, the, the, the playoff brackets are now set. Uh, you can bet UFC and so much more in college football. And so, if you're somebody who likes to have a little skin in the game, my bookie can help you with that. Again, that's mybookie.com promo code Boneyard to activate that offer. That's free play. You can do in-game live betting. They've got the option to do all those sorts of things. And there's so many parlays. There's so many options to make it fun for your gamblers. Again, that's mybookie.com promo code Boneyard. So, Brad Wilson from Gillsburg gets down there around the uh, the side of the Leonard Skinner crash. Brad Wilson says, "Hey, Steve," and it's right there at the Louisiana State line. How about a top ten? Louisiana songs. He initially said, let's do better than Ezra. And uh, I I don't know that I can come up with 10. I love better than Ezra, but I don't know that most people would appreciate a top 10 from them. They're kind of a fringe band. Uh, I love King of New Orleans. I did. I I love that song. I think it's great. Desperately wanting another good one. So there is some better than Ezra on this list, but uh, there is not any Louis Prima, uh, who was a tremendous artist years ago. If you've seen the Jungle Book, you've heard Louis Prima. There is no master P because in the great battle of between Bad Rouge and New Orleans rap of the late nineties, I was straight cash money, brother, straight cash money, never got down with any of that masterpiece stuff. The whole make them say on thing was decent outside of that. It's trash. Uh, and I don't, and I've got a strict no little Wayne policy. i I'm, I know this is Steve. Listen, I think the whole thing about, you know, real G's moving silence like a G in lasagna. I, I get it. I think that's clever. I don't think he came up with it, but be that as it may, I know many of you like Little Wayne. I am not one of them uh, in the Cash Money family. It was Juvenile and Turk, Manny Fresh, uh, Burb Man. I liked all those guys. All right, so today's top 10 list. Top 10 songs about Louisiana or top 10 songs from Louisiana artists. So here we go. Number 10, Born on the Bayou from CCR. Number 9, a band many of you may not have heard of. I love this song. It's a song called Hurricane by a group called the Band of Heathens. Blake D's turned me on to that. Great tune uh, about you know kind of the strong resolve of people from Louisiana, uh, New Orleans, love it. Uh, number eight, New Orleans ladies from Louisiana LaRue. That one goes back a few years. Uh, I was at the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. Dr. John, you know that one. If you have ever been to New Orleans, you've heard somebody sing a Dr. John song, so great. Uh, Louisiana Saturday Night by Mel McDonald, Mc, McDaniel, pardon me. Uh, that's every time that you go to Baton Rouge, you hear that song. Number five is Great Balls of Fire by Jerry Lee Lewis. Number four, Back That Thing Up from Juvenile. Cash Money Records taken over for the 99 and the 2000s. And listen, let's be honest. Everybody, every girl you know had Juvenile on their playlist. I still listen to that stuff. And I've got I've got some more Cash Money Records in the top three. How about that? We're going to go with it right now, number three. Bling, Bling by BG. The Baby Gangster. Bling, Bling. Because uh, if it costs less than 20 it do not look right on me. Right? 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 One of the great bass lines of Manny Fresh. Bling, Bling. Number two, Good from Better Than Ezra. Because that's what Saturday Night was. It was good. It's a great tune. If that was my first exposure to Better Than Ezra, and I've seen him play a handful of times. But uh, Good is a song that still stands up. But number one, it's got to be Combat and Rouge from Garth Brooks. And uh, it, it is a shame at this point that one of our social media uh, you know, experts hasn't set highlights from Saturday night's game against LSU to Combat and Rouge. It's, it, it's a disaster. It is a missed opportunity. But that's the top ten songs uh, from or about Louisiana in honor of Mississippi State now taking over that state as well. Reminds you, DraftKings is around to serve you. A lot of you guys are into fantasy sports. I, you know, if you're like me, I can't commit to following a league and being part of like a fantasy sports league. And so, I could probably handle the quick hitters, you know. And if you're looking for you know one day or same day fantasy action, you're going to find it right there at DraftKings. Uh, and listen, millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs. And so, go download go download the app. Even the dogs are excited about that offer. Uh, DraftKings, go download the app today and use promo code BONEYARD and that'll give you a free shot at these prizes. And listen, these guys know a thing or two about cold hard cash. They have awarded billions of dollars in prizes. Uh, Listen, go check them out. If you're looking for an opportunity to do fantasy sports, that's the way to go. DraftKings, go download the app, do it right now. As soon as the show's over, go download the app and use promo code BONEYARD uh, to to earn your free shot. Listen, you can go to DraftKings.com to find all the restrictions. There is a $5 minimum deposit uh, to qualify for winnings, and um, listen, it's as simple as you pick your team, you stay under the salary cap, and then you check out the competition, see how you how you match up. And uh, listen, it, with the NFL kind of rolling along now and these big numbers, the scoring is up in the league. It's a great time to play fantasy sports. Only at DraftKings. All right, let's get into a couple more things before we get out of here. We have number one the SEC Week One uh, results in front of us, as you guys are well aware. You've seen the scores by now. Alabama takes down Missouri. I didn't get a chance to watch that replay yet. I will. Uh, Alabama looked very, very efficient from the numbers that I saw. And, you know, Saban's one of those guys that calls off the dogs. You know, once the game is secured, they really don't try to run the score up very often. 38-19, Missouri scores a couple of garbage touchdowns to, uh, to make the score look a little better than, than it really was, from what I understand. Tennessee, South Carolina. I told you guys South Carolina was going to be game. With Mike Bobo and Colin, man, they're they're gonna surprise some people. <laughs> they really, really are, and uh, they nearly took down Tennessee, who I think is overrated. I think Tennessee's gonna struggle to score. They put up 31 on uh, on Saturday, but uh, man, great game, great game solo bet yesterday. Vanderbilt at A and M. Also felt like this one was gonna be a lot closer than a lot of people anticipated because A and is a little bit overvalued. And, you know, you give Derek Mason and Ted Roof a lot of time to prepare, they're going to put a scheme together. And I thought Vanderbilt ran the football pretty well. They just couldn't finish drives. You get a freshman quarterback. If you're a team that struggles to stop the run, Vandy's going to stay in there with you a little bit. I I, re- I really think there's some people on the schedule, that on Vandy's schedule, that uh, are going to be in a much tougher ballgame than they, than they expected to be because there's going to be a lot of players that are going to get better over the course of uh, – of the season as you would expect. But uh, it's not one of those deals too where the, the, the SEC football players are just going to be non-existent. I mean, it's going to be – they have they have some players at Vanderbilt. They may not have the, the, the same level of players that everybody else does, but this is not a deal where uh, Derek Mason is just trying to go to the motions. Derek Mason's probably coaching for his job. They really gave AM a lot more trouble, I think, than most people expected. I thought A and M would struggle early and then kind of put it away late because they would out athlete, out athlete Vanderbilt. They didn't. That's what's incredible to me. Is A and M has all these veterans back and they were playing at home and uh, you only put up 19 points. And Van- if you if you watch the game, I, I watched it yesterday. Vanderbilt took their opening drive, the length of the field, and kicked field goal. I mean, came out, went right down the field, did whatever they wanted to do, hit some big throws. They ran a ton off left side. If that's going to be a consistent issue against a m They might get ready to complain about their bowl placement again. All right, so uh, Georgia and Arkansas. Arkansas was game for a half. I really think that's more of uh, Georgia's on an aptitude at quarterback, but also, too, I think they were going through the motions. And, again, they did out-athlete Arkansas late. Arkansas with just 10 points. There's no shame in that because of the fact that I think Georgia has as athletic a defense as anybody's going to have in the country this year. Kentucky loses at Auburn. Expected that to happen. Kentucky is not what people are making them out to be. I will be absolutely shocked if Kentucky has a winning record this year. I know some people were expecting Kentucky to win that game. Kentucky cannot score. They do not have a quarterback. I I, I don't care what the preseason clipping said. Uh, Terry is a one-read quarterback, and if you contain him and make him throw the football, he will throw it to you. He is a glory, he, he is a poor man's killing mind. Uh, and we're going to see, see him in person here in a couple weeks. Kentucky gets Ole Miss this weekend. Uh, I'd like to see him kind of get some things going. And where Ole Miss is going to struggle with Kentucky is Kentucky can run the football. And this Ole Miss defense is awful. The, I, I don't... <laughs> I was so ready to watch the game. I watched it yesterday on the replay on the SEC Network, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, typical Dan Mullen. Goes out, tries to get you early, and, uh, you know, they, get, they turn the ball over. And then, listen, give King Lane Kiffin and his group some credit. They scored some points early, and, and then they scored some garbage points late to kind of make the game look closer than it really was. I don't know if people realize this. Florida punted one time in the game. One time. They had the punt, and they had an interception. Florida closed the game, scoring on seven consecutive possessions against the Ole Miss defense. Seven straight possessions. And once they got up 17, Evan McPherson hits a 55-yarder, and they go up 17. And then Dan just kind of takes the air out of the ball. And then Ole Miss hit a couple big plays. Next thing you know, that, that big tight end, that grad transfer from Temple, I thought was really good for Ole Miss. But a uh, lot, of, lot of reads in the middle of the field from Matt Corral. The kid has some arm talent. I don't think they ran the football as well as they wanted to. Uh, John Rice Plumley was not a factor. They're going to have to get him more involved. But this Ole Miss defense is not good. They, they are not. I don't, I don't care who's coaching them, and I don't care what everybody's preseason clippings say. Uh, I don't care uh, what these uh, bloggers posing as media people will come out and say. Uh, the Ole Miss defense is going to be a huge work in progress, they're, and that's the problem they're going to have. So they're not going to stop anybody. Uh, but that's the recap. Of the SEC weekend, Uh, listen, SEC player of the week got to be KJ Costello. You don't go set uh, an SEC record and go beat the defending national champions in their own backyard and then not get rewarded for that. State, of course, in the polls now, 14 and 16, uh, in in a good spot, but we've got a lot left to do. And it's so funny, too, there's so many people that that were wrong about Mississippi State, and I don't mean about beating LSU, but wrong about what Mike Leach brought to the table. Because even if we had lost that ball game 41-34 or something, We will have acquitted ourselves really well and probably surprised a lot of people. But the good thing is, is we didn't have to get a moral victory. We got a real victory. We got a real victory that in many ways kind of changes the expectations and the perception of our program. And if you go read the other SEC message boards right now, most of the fans are saying, how are we going to slow those guys down? How are we going to stop them? And everybody thinks, oh, well, our pass rush will get there. That's what I want you thought. too. That's why Bo Pelini kept running stunts and twists and blitzes and they could never get there, and they gas themselves out. I think you're going to see a lot more zone coverage. I think a lot of people will just rush three or four and drop into zone coverage and try to limit those windows, and then I think we just give the ball to Colin Hill. Listen, you need to wear Mississippi State gear. You need to rep yourself, rep your brand, and kind of make people understand where you stand. There's a lot of good Air Raid merchandise on the Campus Bookmark website. That's at campusbookmark.net. Go check them out, promo code BSR, which stands for beautiful Steve Robertson, will get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. You can get your hell state math there. You might as well coordinate, right? You might as well coordinate, make, make the whole ensemble look good. Get yourself some Mississippi State gear, get you some swing your sword stuff, get some things to let people know that you're proud to be a Bulldog. Listen, go ahead and retire that Maroon That Matters shirt, get you a swing your sword shirt. If you're, if you're one that loves the Mississippi State slogans, go ahead and update the wardrobe. Let that Maroon That Matters thing become a shirt you wear in the yard. That's three coaches to go now, right? So campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR, which stands for beautiful Steve Robertson. Uh, take advantage of these offers. We're so grateful to have Campus Bookmart along with us. I will be at Campus Bookmart uh, this weekend, this, uh, this Saturday afternoon. Got a big week coming up for sure. Uh, the books are in. Uh, Going to be signing books this afternoon, and the publisher will be mailing those out to you, some, some today, most tomorrow. And, uh, and then we're going to have our first big uh, event Friday night downtown at Bookmart and Cafe. Then on Saturday morning, I'll be at the lodge. And then Saturday afternoon, I'll be at Campus Bookmart. So if you have ordered Alpha Dogs, it's, it's going to be on the way very, very soon. And if you haven't, you should. Go to Alpha Dogs. It's alpha, A-L-P-H-A, dogs, D-A-W-G-S, thebook.com. And you can order Alpha Dogs, Stark Villains, or Flim Flam, and get them signed and personalized however you want. I'm excited about the book. I've been working on this for a long time. And it's it's one of those surreal moments for me that when I leave here, I'm going to go get lunch and then I'm going to go hold that book in my hands for the first time. And uh, that is an incredible feeling. It's a very emotional feeling. It is the relief of having the whole process done, but it's also too the excitement of knowing that uh, I have documented some great Mississippi State stories that you guys hold so dear. And I cannot wait for you to read the book. I absolutely cannot wait. People always say, "Steve, I, always, I, I love them, and I read them in like a day or two. Uh It's one of those things you spend six months of your life, and people can read the work in a month, but or a day. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for you guys to share in the joy of this. I'm doing my best to document the Mississippi State story, and uh, got some really some stories I'm really proud of in here. For those of you that don't know, if you were around in the late '70s, uh, you know Bill McCrillis was super fan. It was a big thing here on campus. We had a guy that dressed up, uh, had a big maroon cape, and and uh, he was kind of a, um, you know, kind of part of the culture here at Mississippi State. And we weren't exactly great football teams back then, but uh, Bill McCrillis, so I got I got his story. Uh, I got the first bully, the, the very first bully. And that's the, you know, the student that dressed as the Bulldog, Tom Lilly. got his story in the book. And uh, I mean, I'm just excited about all the great things that go along with Mississippi State sports so we can kind of celebrate all that together. And so... It'll be in bookstores soon, and it'll be on the bestseller list soon. Uh, really excited about all that, and thank you guys so much for your support. Stark Villains is still around. Stark Villains is on the bestseller list for, I think, 42 straight weeks. Just recently dropped off, and uh, we're still selling a bunch of those books. We're still selling Villains and Flim Flam, and again, you can get all those at alphadogsbook.com. But I might have something else to write about, you know, from uh, last Saturday night. You know, when you think about the great moments and great wins, you know, we haven't won down there too many times in, in recent years. And uh, we've now won three or seven against LSU. And uh, I think that, that kind of wakes some people up. A lot of people think, well, LSU has dominated the series, and they have. But in recent years, we've been able to kind of get some of that back. And so that's the fun thing about going to the ball game. It's one thing to write about something you see on TV, but to be there and to be able to capture the atmosphere and kind of see what's happening in the moment is something very, very special. And I will remember walking out of that press box for a long time. Mike Nemeth and I talked earlier in the week. It's like, you know, with all this stuff, it's virtual. We can't have personal interactions with the players or coaches. Everything is on Zoom, even on, on post game, We're watching it on Zoom and asking our questions. And he goes, you know, you can do so much of this remotely. You almost ask yourself, is it worth the time and trouble to travel? And so after the ball game, we walking out, and I said, You know, Mike, this moment right here, this feeling walking to the car after beating the number six team in the country, this is why we make the time in trouble. This is why we do it. And for, for you Bulldog fans that made the trip, I don't know what a bunch of you, but late in the ball game, when our state fans were hauling defense, it was all you could hear in Tiger Stadium. They were absolutely shocked. They were sitting on their hands, and not even the pipes. Uh, applause could change things. The Bulldogs were the better team, and they showed it. And uh, I can't wait to see what they do to Arkansas this weekend. I'm eager to see what this Bulldog team can do when they play clean. Because we didn't play clean. Four turnovers, a bunch of penalties, uh, rush for nine yards, and then uh, set an SEC record and beat the defending national champions by double digits on the road. So it's, a, uh, it's that, that's a byproduct of Good decision making, and one of the biggest winners in all this thing is John Cohen. I know people say, "Well, Steve, what are you talking about?" You know what? We, we, we made it. We made a bad decision, and on paper, it was the right decision hiring Joe Moorhead. It was the right decision on paper. It didn't materialize the way we all envisioned it to go. But Joe recruited a lot of these players that you're cheering for now. They're making plays. They're difference makers. Joe Moorhead's a good man. It just didn't work out for us and him. But credit John Cohen for making the call when he did and then going out and getting the coach that he did. It would have been really easy to just go get another up-and-comer or to get another retread. But you go get the most colorful guy in all college football in the very first game that he has, his quarterback sets an SEC record, and you go beat one of your familiar foils and upset them on their day of celebration. That is big time. That'll do it for today. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.